Daily DVR is presented by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com knows it's tough out there, and they want you to stand out while you're six feet apart. Support the podcast. Support our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go ahead and buy something. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. And guess what? They also have face masks. They fit kids, adults. They're washable. A portion of the money goes to the Mayo Clinic COVID Research Fund, and they're 100% made in the USA. So go on over to cufflinks.com today. Save, support our sponsor, and be well. Enjoy the show. Yeah, that's that COVID cough coming at you. This is Inside DJ's DVR COVID Special Edition. It's uh, Thursday, May 21st, and I had an idea this week. I said, you know what? I miss talking with one of my cleanup tech pals, Andy, and I said, maybe maybe we should talk about how COVID's affecting us and the different... Uh, kind of things we used to talk about pre-show when we were recording uh, the Westworld Theorycast Cleanup Text Edition. And we kind of dished out some thoughts and said, let's do it. So we're here on Inside DJ's DVR, part of the DVR Podcast Network. You could shoot us an email at dvrpodcast at gmail.com or go to dvrpodcast.com and check out all our other shows. But for now... I'm going to introduce my friend, Andy, for, uh, former co-host of the, the Cleanup Text on Westworld Theorycast and uh, all-star on the way, rising star podcaster, Phenom. Andy, how are you doing? How are you doing? I am doing great. Yeah, I, thank you for that very nice intro. I don't know if I'm all-star level yet, but I'll take rising star. That That sounds good. Yeah, I would say like like you're definitely uh in in the uh phenom rookie class. <laughs> I suppose I was the least experienced of the entire crew this year that podcasted on the network, so Yeah, and you did well. I really enjoyed podcasting with you and uh you know, we 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 seem to have a nice like just gel together, uh Eugenia and myself and just some of the, you know, uh, texts and, and messages back and forth during the week that kind of went a little bit off topic um, from Westworld. And we were all kind of very, you know, very similar mindset and, uh, you know, ideals. So, it, it you know, it was nice. And the way the way we had it, 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 it was me on the East Coast, you're in the middle of the country, and... Gina's on the West Coast, so we got, you know, to talk a little bit beforehand about how we were each dealing with what's going on in our region and the differences and the population differences and things. So uh, I thought it would be kind of an interesting topic to, you know, to to touch on COVID and and, and such and uh, 
because I think your job's interesting. And I, you know, I know when I talk about my job, you think it's kind of uh, interesting and, you know, definitely two different worlds. And maybe people are interested in hearing about it. Yeah. And you know what? I guess if they're not interested, you just uh, pot press go to the next episode. So, <laughs> but I think this will be fun. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're, you know, you're a subscriber, if you're listening, I'm sure you'll dig it. If, if you're, you know, afraid of COVID, we're not going to give it to you. You cannot get it through audio feedback. There's no kind of uh, special brown note or COVID note that we can press to give you uh, the COVID. So we will talk I, about it. I think we'll probably talk about some movies later on too. So yeah, we'll stick around on that. that's how we're going to keep it tied into the DVR theme. Um, we we uh, we'll we'll hit that later. You're right. That was a good teaser. See, look, you're getting good at this shit. <laughs> I- I've consumed a lot of these podcasts over the years. It's it's just starting to sink in. Like uh, I, I can't I can't figure it. My osmosis through my ears. All right. So before we do a little, uh, you know, bio, quick quick bio of of Mister Andy that people who maybe are downloading on the DVR on the Inside DJ's DVR feed maybe never heard his voice before. But before we do that, I'm just going to ask you. What's your favorite cereals? And I say cereals, there's two categories. The sugar category, the sugar-coated or sugar-added, and then there's the plain category. So, Andy, the hard question first. This is a hard question. Since I saw this, I've been thinking about this constantly since I saw this on the notes. My sugar-coated is probably Captain Crunch Berries. Love it. And my plain is probably... Rice checks, I think. Rice checks. All right, two solid choices. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you mine. Mine's gonna be sugar coated. I'll take a gold box of Golden Grams, and then oh, those are good too. <laughs> plain. See, I like more plain cereals than anything. So this was a tough one for me, but I'm gonna stick with the standard Cheerio. That's. I usually eat plain. I usually don't. I'll spoil myself once a year with a nice sugar coated cereal, but normally I. Rice Krispies, Rice Chex, Cheerios, Corn Flakes. And with a three-year-old in the house, we uh, I, we try not to get too much sugary stuff. So if he's eating Rice Chex or Cheerios, I'm going to eat it too. So, Yeah, I, I like a, you know, I like a little uh, two-to-one mixture, like two, two parts plain, one part sugar. So like, <laughs> you know, I'll put a little two parts Cheerios, one part Golden Graham, or like, you know, some uh, two parts Cheerios, one part, uh, what, do you, what do you call those things? Uh, Frosted mini wheats. I like those oh, guys. Oh, yeah. Those are good, too. Yeah. There's a lot of good cereals. Maybe we should just do a cereal podcast sometime. Well, that's why, you know, I figured let's let's start off with a fun little little, little yeah. question. So now that we know your cereal choices, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, uh, where you're from, a little demographic-type uh, breakdown, and uh, then we'll talk about covid and how it's affecting us well uh i am 42 years old i live in minnesota southern minnesota and i farm uh with my dad and he's it's i think we're uh what is it a fourth or a fifth generation farm now so it's been in my family for almost 100 years um real real quick do you guys wear overalls uh negative really (laughs) never Never worn overalls. Hundred year farm and pops doesn't walk around with overalls. Nope. He's he's wearing maybe some Carhartt jeans and uh 
t-shirt and a twins baseball cap usually <laughs> all right rugged rugged all right so continue yeah. continue so, so sorry to so, cut you off yeah <laughs> see farm corn and beans um i've done that for like say a long time i'm also um attempting to finish my four-year college degree so i'm taking some online classes that i've been doing for a long time as well uh just something to fall back on um otherwise let's see i'm a huge movie and TV guy. Uh, we've got a three-year-old, three-year-old son with living with us now, so it's been a huge adjustment. It didn't have we didn't have him till I was thirty-nine, so it was a major life change, coming close to forty, which was adjustment. But it's been a blast. So uh, my wife is a social studies teacher at the local junior high, and that's that's the basic, basic my basic bio, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, it's nice little like well-rounded. Uh, picture of of you know who who the audience is listening to you know because we're it's, all we're all kind of brought together here by TV and film um, essentially everybody who's basically part of the family of this podcast community you know we 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 we've been bouncing around listening to the same podcast since probably the late aughts or eight or oh nine something like that and you know. It's it's cool how it comes full circle, you know. Uh, yeah, we both started as big fans, and now we're doing podcasts together. So that you know that I think that's a cool thing. Um, oh, I should, I should also add too. Uh, I really live kind of out in the middle of nowhere. The closest town to me is I live on kind of an, a little acreage out in the country, and the closest town is about three miles away, and that's got about eleven hundred people. Is all the biggest biggest city in the county is only three thousand people. Uh, I did live in Minneapolis, St. Paul area for a couple of years back when I went to college the first time. So I've been in the, I've had a little bit of the best of both worlds on some of that kind of stuff. So that was the one little thing I forgot to add. All right. So does Minneapolis and St. Paul, do they look alike? Uh, surprisingly, not really at all. So what makes them twin cities? Um, there's a river that splits them right down the middle. I mean, and, rivers split everything down the middle. If you think about that's, it, that's true. Yeah, they're uh, what do you call it when they're not identical twins? Whatever that is, is what they are. Oh, they're, they're uh, paternal. Yes, or nocturnal. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. So mm-hmm. I I flew to British Columbia when I was a teenager, and the only time I ever flew the, to the West Coast. And I remember stopping over for two hours at at the airport there. So that was my yep. my big adventure by where you live. Um, but <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I thought this podcast would be interesting is that reason. Like your the, your the demographic of where you live is you know totally different from where I live uh, and yeah, where Gina live and. and uh, and also, you know, I don't really know, I don't get data, hardcore data of where the listeners are that download our podcast, but a majority of the population live in big cities. So, you know, most people don't have access to hear about, you know, an area how you live. At, you know. Well, and there's no, I mean, there there's a couple of local newspapers, but there's no media here, so there's no... I mean, the closest television station, which is just a local channel, is about 60 miles away. So, I mean, there's really not – we usually, would, if our area is in the news for something, it's something bad because 
there's just not, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the stereotypical super slow, no, I shouldn't say super slow, but it's a, it's a slower pace. And I mean, I've not, I haven't lived in New York. I've been to New York five or six times. I've got some relatives that live near there. So I, I love New York, but it, it's, it is a hundred, I'm 180 degrees different from a big city where I live. So I know, I know most people don't, I actually enjoy talking about it because most people that live in a city don't have any connection to that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I don't mind talking. I like talking about it. So. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's definitely interesting because, you know, uh, you're not on top of everybody and we're going through COVID right now. So, you know, in, in New York, uh, out in California, Washington, um, where these major transportation hubs were is where most of the, I guess, transmissions that were now they're tracing it back came from to be it Europe or China. So, you know, they're saying now they narrowed it down. They think we got in New York, a European strain where the West Coast got uh, a strain from China, Um, you know, regardless. But there's so many people. We have so many variables of, of what could go wrong here. And, you know, for something like this to get to a, a, a rural region uh, where you are, where, you know, people you're not gathering as much you know i'm sure to drive to entertainment is a pain in the ass so you know even you know a local bar is is probably not even that crowded so it's it's just wild to imagine how this could spread there so you know in in well, your area how how many cases how, how you know how has it been well the uh we actually, we didn't have it. We were probably, because I think, I want to say when it first started breaking out was the first or second week we started recording our Westworld stuff. And we didn't really hit us for maybe two or three weeks after that, but it got into in here and it, um, it hit a Catholic church and it was spread through the church. And there was two or three people that died from that church that were elderly. And it got into a couple, there's agriculture is obviously huge around here. So it, it's gotten into a couple local uh, meat processing plants because everybody when you're in one of those plants, you have to work very close to each other. So it was spread, spread in those things. So then it, it's, I mean, so it's, and there's still, I mean, bars are still, it's not uncommon to have 50, 60 people in a bar. I mean, it's not like a 300 person bar or something, but the bars and churches and high school sports are the, probably the three biggest areas where that stuff would get spread around here. It hasn't been, it hasn't been terrible here, but it's, it's been, we, we've had plenty of, I think, I was going to say for a little while, our county actually, because of the church thing, was the highest per capita county in Minnesota for a little while, but that kind of got under control. There hasn't been a lot of deaths here, but there has been a lot of positive cases. All right. So, like, cause compared to, like, Minneapolis, like, is, is that a big, like, how, how many people live there, roughly? Like? Um, What is Minneapolis? Three or four million, maybe? I can't remember what the Twin Cities population is. Okay, so that's that's roughly a that's a lot of people, you know. And then compared to, you know, how many how many hours are you four or five hours? Uh, I'm about two hours and twenty minutes from the Twin Cities. That's my wife's family is from there originally, so we and I've got a lot of family that lives there as well, so we go there quite often. I mean, it's a two hour yes, a two hour twenty minute drive. So so that's a big drop off in people, you know. Yeah. From yeah, from the, the, just two and a half hours, like. If you go two and a half hours north of New York, like you're gonna yeah. get like the Catskill Mountains, but there's mm-hmm. still loads of people up there. You know, it's just a little bit more spread out, but not so well, much. Like if, 
if you want to take it this way, when I was thinking about this early this afternoon, in my the square mile I live on, there's about well, I, I think it's it's definitely under 15, but a maximum of 15 people live on one square mile here, where I live. Like my house and surrounding in that mile is 15 people in one mile. So I mean that's how that's how separated things out and how how far apart people are. I mean you can go a week without seeing somebody pretty easily. That's wild. Like, do you have it like where most of the houses are on a block and then you all have your land behind you or something? Uh, no, it's, it's no block. I mean, I live on a gravel road, literally on a gravel road. Wow. So that's like, wild. yeah, the closest I'll have to take some pictures and send them, send you a few pictures of how, how it actually looks because it's, it's kind of, it, each block is literally like a square mile and it's gravel road. I'm thinking our block, there, there's a highway that goes by one side, but three of those roads are gravel roads and, the next house, the next closest house bus is about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away. So there's usually a house every half mile, mile, sometimes longer. It's, yeah, it's a very different world. I mean, it's, it's not unlike a lot of the stuff in Field of Dreams. If you remember Field of Dreams, it, it's that same type of thing where Kevin Costner's out in the middle of a cornfield. That's kind of, that's a good way to describe how, how our immediate area is. That's interesting. So, you're out there and, and you're working your fields and, and, you know, if for your industry or the industries around you, like we were talking about some of the impacts. Now, like you had said, for around you, it struck a few weeks into Westworld. And I I, I want to say it was about the first week of April when we were talking about that. And, mm-hmm. you know, because it, 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 everything shut down here, I think. Uh, March 14th or 17th, something like that. And it got, that's when basically everything went on lockdown and, and the numbers spiked and, and whatnot. Um, and now we're, we're coming towards the end of May and things are still changing, but they're changing real slowly. And one of the things I found really interesting and it, it has to do with the um, agriculture industry and the farming industry and and the stories you were telling me like when you grow your crops like you have a destination like you you, you say you grow yours for mostly uh for fuel right yeah it, i would say probably with our corn probably 75 80 percent of it goes to making ethanol like the ethanol additive that you have that has, that goes in the gasoline pump, okay. and the other twenty percent usually goes to feeding livestock. I mean, I, I, that it also depends on where, who we market it to. We'll keep, there's a couple of different we can market it to the places where that make the feed. And we can market. To, there's two ethanol, three ethanol plants within fifty miles of here too. So, so usually, usually the ethanol plants are a little bit higher priced, so we usually go there. All right. So, in your situation, I would think is a little safer the your type of farming, right? compared to what's happening now on the market? Well, it's actually, it's, it actually, I mean, with marketing for crops is kind of confusing because you can, you can market stuff like a future. So like we, we already actually have stuff sold that we just planted like two weeks ago. Like we, you can forward, it's called forward contracting and selling it forward. So we actually had a lot of our crop already sold. So we don't, we don't have a lot stored right now, but right now the, the corn prices and bean prices are getting killed just as bad as everything else is. Because if you think about what ethanol, I mean, look at what, like think of oil prices and gas prices, how they're so super low right now. 
Right. It's the same thing. Ethanol is is driven 100% off the oil market. So when the oil market goes down, ethanol market goes down. So, it, I mean, it's luckily we don't have a lot to sell right now, but it's if it lasts for a long time, it, it could hurt financially pretty bad. I mean, it's, it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. We're not too concerned yet because yeah. like a lot of the ethanol plants around here have slowed down production. And, and just because there's nowhere to put, just like the, like the story of all the oil barrels where they were, you right. had to buy or they had, yeah, they paid people to take them kind of thing. Yeah. They're, it's sitting, kind of the they're sitting on, 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 uh, yeah. uh, freighters out, you know? Yeah. With, yeah. All the storage is completely full. So, I mean, ethanol plants are kind of doing the same thing. So it's, so, I mean, it, it could be, a, it's, it's not a challenge for us yet, but it, and for people that didn't have a lot of stuff marketed ahead of time, it's, it, it could be a struggle. Okay. So, so that's, that's like a fuel angle of, mm-hmm. of, agriculture now you were also explaining you know because we had seen on the news originally i believe when we brought the conversation up about um a lot of vegetables that were going by the wayside and because they weren't able to get to the tables of restaurants and they weren't able to get to the plants to be processed because of certain things started trickling and i didn't realize it was so drastic that you know you had broken down some some facts about your state and the 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 pork production and you know you you were able to explain it i think a little better than even the news was explaining how how the whole system works having to go through um a USDA certified plant and not be able to sell, sell direct market so yeah. if you know, I, I put a lot out there. Um, I don't know, you know, if you could, could kind of well, put that together I, into a little, a little explanation for everybody. I think that'd be really cool to hear. Yeah, I, I can, I can try to a little bit. I mean, and I, I don't have all the exact numbers sitting in front of me, but it's something like 50% of, of the food produced in the United States that gets consumed here is consumed in restaurants. And if you think about, I mean, think about any time you go to a restaurant and you see people returning food all the time or half of it gets eaten, half of it doesn't all the waste that's there. That stuff is still getting sold. They're still buying it from the farmers or from the processors or whatever. Well, they're not buying that anymore. People are making their own food at home. People aren't wasting the same kind of food at home. So the use of the food is just, has has gone way, way down. So this whole, it basically backs up the whole food chain. So now, now the meat, the meat places and the vegetable places can have to store stuff all you know how easy it is to store a head of lettuce or something. You can't really store it or milk. So farmers and processing plants are dumping stuff because they don't have any more storage for it. They don't have any. And and then when some of the plants get the, get the COVID coming in there and have to shut down for a while, it stops production too. So it's, it could, it could, I don't want to scare people because it's, it's still a long ways before something like that would happen, but it could it could be uh there could be some crazy times where you go walk in and there's not some meat there for a few days or it's super expensive or it's it's the the food chain is pretty delicate uh, or the supply chain is pretty delicately balanced and it's definitely gonna cause some issues who, who, it's too, I'm not a good enough expert to it yeah no but, what's gonna happen but the way you you explained it like see I used to work at a, a fruit store so mm-hmm. and I used to go to the market and and you know, uh, with my buddy and, and see how purchasing went. And I also 
uh, worked, he had an egg route, and I used to do that half half of the week, and the other half I worked in the store. And I saw how market items fluctuate, how, you know, things aren't always the same price. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, and I never really paid attention to things like that, but... The, it's, it's true supply and demand. It's really it's true supply and demand. Well, yeah. Like, like, if, you, if you think of your basic elementary, that when you first learn about it, it's probably one of the truest forms out there is in the food industry. Right. And I would see it, and I never put two and two together. Like, I would see, say, tomatoes, right? Tomatoes would be – we would have a, a, a rainy season, and it would be bad for tomatoes, say, in uh, New Jersey, so now they mm-hmm. got to import them from uh, – they might be you know, from California yeah. or Mexico, wherever they came from. Now, they, now yep. they're more expensive, right? So yep. the price of, price of the tomato goes up. And if I was delivering to the restaurant, that case of tomatoes might have went up $25 at one point. So mm-hmm. trickle down to the consumer – you're getting maybe one slice of tomato on a BLT or yep. your BLT is going to be $2 more. And yep. I never really understood like that part of it until I worked inside the fruit store and I saw how it trickled to the consumer. And then at the same time, I remember there was a wheat shortage and wheat went up real, real expensive. This was like early 2000s. And what happened was pizza all skyrocketed from a dollar fifty a slice in New York was like the average a dollar fifty to two seventy five right and and I had known that on top of the wheat also the tomatoes were very expensive at that 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 particular moment so pizza was went up and it was because of the wheat. Well, the wheat came down really fast, like within yep. within six months. But guess what never price, came yeah. down? The price, price of pizza. There. The price of pizza never changed. Never. And that's that's a big – we, we used to grow hogs a long time ago. We don't do it anymore, but I still have a lot of friends that are in that business, and there's a huge – because some of the prices in the stores for that stuff is starting to go up. And the farmer and the price for them when they sell their stuff is still at an all time low, so the middleman is really taking a lot of a lot of the packers and the transportation places are keeping their prices up even if the the farmers aren't getting a lot of the end result. There's a lot of a lot of really hard feelings and a lot of really you have to be careful who you talk to because people get really mad because a lot of I mean people that have these farms that have done it forever are out of their control. I mean, just like everybody else, it's just a different, different area of it, well, but it's, it's, it seems like it's a, uh, a very rhythmic type of flow the, on the system yeah, well, it, that we're on. So like right now it's getting disrupted. Um, speak, you, you said about you were a hog farmer at one time and you had mentioned to me about how big hog farming is. And can you, can you kind of, you know, break that down again about, because I, you know, I had told a few people this story that, that the way you told it to me about how the hogs just ha- are getting too big and and the the cycle that they go through and well and the part unfortunate of this was, effect. And I 
I haven't heard much in the last week or two about what happened or what has been happening, but what, what, what was happening for a little while because the packing plants were shut down because of the health issues with some of the, some of the plants, there was no, and the storage was all being full. So there was nowhere to put no, them. No, I, I was talking about the, the meat stuff, not the plants. Yeah. No, yeah. That's what I, I should say the packing plant. Oh, so oh you walked sorry, right, sorry. you walked right into it, man. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. All right. Sorry to throw you off. So we're we're back at the pa- the meat packing plant. Yeah. Yeah. So what? It, at least what would have been ha- would have been happening for a while there is there's no place that the since the supply chain is so so structured so tightly there's nowhere to go with the nowhere to go with the pigs. So it's I mean if you do the math it's hard to it's hard to hard to you can't afford to keep feeding a 250 pound pig because they, I mean it obviously takes a lot of a lot of feed and it's a lot to just to feed an animal for that long. And if you have a bar of a thousand pigs in it, it's and nowhere for them to go. I mean, it, and there's more, there's more young pigs coming up through the supply chain that are going to be supposed to be coming to your barn the next week. And you still can't get rid of these other ones. I mean, and now so what, when, when, when you send a bad situation. when you send a pig to the, to the, is it the slaughterhouse? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah. It? Slaughterhouse or the packing plant. I mean, there, there's, that's a couple different, but yeah, that's, yeah, we call it the slaughterhouse, I guess. Okay, so when you when you send the, the pig to the slaughterhouse, what's the typical weight you grow a pig to? Uh, I've, it's been a while. I want to say 250, 260. I can't remember the exact weight anymore. That so, was, when when we had hogs, we only, I only worked in one part of it. I didn't work in the part, I worked okay, like in so the, we'll, we'll, yeah, so. We'll generalize. So say yeah. you, you're 250, you're, you're 250 pound pig is is ready you you fed it and it's ready to go but you can't get it to the plant and now the 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 plants either closed down or the demand is not there and they can't you can't push the the material out they're not gonna take in material if they have material that's not gonna go out right so and then it's just gonna go bad so they have to wait for it right to go bad to dispose of it I'm going to imagine. Is it my correct? And that's uh, that's the stuff. I don't, don't know exactly what how, what they're doing in some of that those situations okay. right now. So they, well, the, the you know they can't they can't give it away. They can't. It's not uh not packaged for retail, right? This is yeah. mostly for uh for wholesale. So yep. so this it's it's a different kind of. You can't just say, all right, cool. We'll we'll open up. You know. Uh, we'll send it right to the supermarket direct. It, yeah, it just the, doesn't the, work that way because of the laws we have in place and the way the system. Yeah, the works. laws and the processing and all that. Like the most of the, the way I understand how it works is most of, the, like if, even if you go to your local butcher, they still get the stuff from the processing plant like in bulk and then they cut it up themselves. Because what I what, from how I understand it, like anytime there's a animal process, there has to be a USDA inspector there to make sure it's. Unless it's a private sale, but that's a little bit that, – that's usually one or two pigs at a time kind of a thing. Right. They but have to be able to, to trace it back. So there's a, there's a yep. there's basically like a, a log, you know, someone 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 charting that, that, that you know, yeah, and, pu- that portion's they, destination to a certain region. USDA also wants to make sure everything is done ethically and all that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of regulations on animal welfare and that to try – because, I mean, there's some – there is some, just like every other industry, there is some really awful people that do some really awful things. 
And unfortunately, that's a lot of a lot of times when stuff like that from around here gets in the news, it's because somebody did something stupid like that. But the vast majority of people that are in it are extremely ethical and want to follow the rules. So that's another reason why the USDA stuff is in there, I think. At least that's right, what so, I've always been. So, so, you know, according to the regulations and now the pig farmer has a pig that is getting bigger and bigger and what happens you would tell you you would you know i found this really interesting well they i mean it can't. a lot of them have, yeah you just i mean you can use your imagination i think it could be graphic but well, it's no, no. A, like it, what, what's the reason that this pig is now useless right it can't you told me it can't fit in the, oh, in, yeah. the in the truck anymore yeah. and it's can't you can't just release it to the wild because they're I mean, they're, they've been bred to for for meat and for feeding people. Inside, not, in, in a barn. Yeah, in a in controlled environment. If they go outside, they'll – I mean, they're, they're, I've seen them before. They can survive sometimes. Every once in a while, we would, would have one that got out of the barn. We couldn't find it. And you could find one sometimes. But they would – I mean, extremely susceptible to sunburn. They don't have – I mean, all these other – so it's not like, not like you see a rough and tumble hog out there, like in down in Arkansas where they're wild and – all over the place. It, the ones that are here are much different, much, I mean, for lack of a, not domesticated is not the right word, but they're, they're there for, yeah, I don't know. They're, well, they're, they're there for, they're there for food. They're there for a purpose. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. different, I think a lot of people, you know, you see it every day, so it's probably hard for you to see it. But like, I think most people, when they see a pig, they think of like a, a, a small time, you know, farmer living, off his land with his, you know, two pigs and yeah. his, his, you know, two cows and, and, you know, maybe every couple of years having to put the uh, pig down and, you know. And- well, I can, I can tell you this about that because I know that is a very stereotypical vision of what farming and especially that somebody that's that small is that's a hobby farmer. That's somebody that teaches during the day or they are uh, a retiree. At, yeah. And they just have a couple just because they enjoy it. Yeah, like right. The, so right. I, th- I think that's that's the, yeah. what's in a lot of people's minds about farming. You know, like not on this giant commercial scale. Um, yeah, the, the days of that, even even the family farms around here are still. But you have you, to be that small. You can't afford it to be your only income. You have to. It's you have to be you have to be big and large. You can't. I mean, what what most people consider large around here is, wouldn't be large. But yeah, the the days of the yeah the going out to slap the slap the stuff to the hogs in the morning with a straw hat and yeah, it's your five pigs and your two cows. That's just, isn't, you can't, you can't sit in this. You can't, you can't sustain a living off that anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a wild situation. You know how, how now COVID has, you know, basically impacted the whole industry of, uh, you know, our food supply and it's it's yeah. not just food and it's you know we grow we grow you know agriculture for fuel like you do and is mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of different resources i'm sure you know uh certain fibers and things are grown for rope and and you know, yeah. you know all types of uses we have for our agriculture and if if we can't have you know processing plants or or say pickers out there to pick the vegetables or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that some, you know, some of the stuff that can't be done with machines. Um, there's just a lot of different aspects to it that 
I don't really think get enough highlight in the, oh, no. oh, in, in the oh. way the way we 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 I, I want to say you know it's a big part of society and how we function as a, a you know a system. So it's like it should be talked about more instead of you know I I, I feel bad saying it, but like instead of highlighting all the news reports on all these hospital, hospital, hospital and, and stuff, you know, people need to know how the system works more. You know, I saw a special, like it was one of those like concert specials on, uh, that aired on all the channels and they did one part towards the end, you know, it was most of the frontline workers and uh, first responders, but there was a section about the truckers. Yep. And I thought that was very, very necessary because yep. you couldn't, you know, wipe your ass without a trucker dropping off rolls of paper. And it's from the factory, from the pulp factory to the bringing the bringing the pulp to the f- paper factory, making the the the, the you know the toilet paper back on the truck, back to the distributor, then to the. Uh, local distributors then to your your local store like there's yeah, a, it's it, everything everything at target everything at walmart i mean everything we haul out we hire a lot of those truckers to haul our corn back and forth because the, the two of us can't handle it all the time i mean the the trucker it's, it's a very uh underserved industry or under under thought about industry for sure yeah that's why even like that's why i, I really thought it it was important to talk about your Oh, and I'll, I'll even be I'll even be honest with you on this. Like before all this COVID stuff started happening and all these supply chain problems started happening, I I barely thought about it. I I've, I came back. I left school in '99, so I've been back here from with my dad for 20 years, and I barely thought about the supply chain because it was always there. I mean, I obviously knew where the food came from because I helped grow it, but I didn't think about how it gets packaged and how it gets it was. So, I mean, even until the last few months, I didn't, a lot of the stuff is, I've started asking questions of people that I know, know a lot more about it than me. Cause it, it, a lot of this stuff was blew my mind, even listening to some of this stuff and, and hearing about it. Cause you don't ever nuts and bolts of how the whole supply chain worked really isn't very well known. I don't think. Yeah. Well, like when I had that job working at the, the fruit store and delivering to restaurants and delivering the eggs, I like soaked that information up it was almost like a, a uh going to school like i learned a lot a lot of different things about where the certain food comes from the like i said the earlier the pricing and the the trends and you know how how you would you know my me and my friend would would uh set the prices of the sales and you know you see you see three weeks ahead of what's what's going to be coming in and what season's coming in and you know it's just really wild and what things will be brought from a train to the to the on the one train line into the bronx terminal market which is where all of new york gets their food uh Uh right to the bronx terminal market and then what will come on the truck and being at the market at 2 a.m watching these truckers come from different parts of the country just like shaking their head like i don't know how y'all do this every day over here and then you got you know your two guys that own a korean market flying 
with a box truck. Like, and these guys are like, what y'all doing over there? They're like, and they're like, they, you know, you got the two different types of drivers. And these guys are like, you guys are too fast for me. And these guys are out by the time the guy finished his sentence. They already had their truck loaded with 10 pallets. So I, I saw a lot of wild things. And I asked a lot of questions. So when I saw your, you know, some of your photos and, and you talked about what you did, I I was thinking down the line of, you know, yeah. how, how you got to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely wild. Like, so out by me, you know, in New York, I work my day job uh, for the local parks department and I work at the beach. Now on, if anybody knows the map, New York City from Manhattan all the way up to Montauk is pretty much straight beaches. Once you leave the Manhattan Island, you got Coney Island and Rockaway Beach, which is part of New York City. Then once Long Island starts, you have a bunch of different independent townships and counties and a couple of cities, small cities that have beaches all the way out to the famous Hamptons and Montauk. So Jersey is pretty much the same exact thing on their shoreline all the way down from top to bottom. And then you have Connecticut on the, on the, their shore is pretty much the same as far as beach, beachfront, uh, and you know, a lot of beachfront area. There's a lot of homes on the water, but there's a lot of beaches. So all three regions, they, they made like a coalition, I think with Delaware, maybe also. And, um, Pennsylvania, but they don't have too many beaches in Pennsylvania. Um, but they decided we got to kind of stick together and figure out what we're going to do. So just this week, they decided that they were going to open the beaches for Memorial Day. And that's coming up now in, in, you know, two days, the Memorial Day weekend. And New York City decided they're going to close their beaches and keep them closed for the summer. So they have a tremendous amount of people who are going to be wanting to get out and in this nice weather for this normal weekend because it's something that I feel that almost everybody instinctually has Memorial Day lockdown as like a pivotal moment for season change, dating back to school. You know, once Memorial Day came... Everything got easier in school, and it was towards the end, and and the season changed. Everything was different. And as you got older, it was different clubs and bars and things that would open up, and everything just changed when Memorial Day hit. So I think it's ingrained in people's heads. So with the city's beaches being closed, the towns and the counties all had to make, and this is up in Jersey and New York, all had to make a call on who they're going to let in. So they, they're going to try to limit it to just residents of the townships and counties, which there's a whole bunch along the shore. And they're going to not allow any non-residents. And they're only going to allow 50% capacity of their parking lots. So it's going to be an interesting... Um, it's going to be crazy. I'll just, uh, I'll say one thing about here. That might be a little preview of that about a week and a half ago, they reopened golf courses here. 
Like it's basically the only outdoor, only activity you can besides going fishing by yourself. Because this is a bit, this state's huge for outdoor activities. Land of a, they, a ten thousand lakes, right? Yeah. Yep. And they, well, they, and they opened up golf courses where you could either walk and keep separate, or you one person do a golf cart. And there's, I don't know, three or four golf courses in the, the nearby area to me here, and every single one of them has been packed full. Every single, I mean, like they're doing the best business they've done in years after they opened it up. I mean, I think when this, when they open that stuff by you, it's going to be crazy. How about them? Oh man, it's going to be crazy. Well, here, you know, this is unfortunately like the, the, like the litmus test, like this is going to be, you know, I, I want to say if this weekend's crazy and, and not just New York, if it's other places too, and places that, you know, haven't really seen a spike yet and we make it i would say to the week week following father's day which would be like towards the mid mid to end uh, june June. if we make it to that point without a spike i think we're doing the right things but this is a really really risky move but i i could you know i i understand you know, a, a lot of people's frustrations, like, you know, at least out by you, you have s- some land and space and you're out working on the field. But like out here, you know, people have been crammed up in their houses. The most they do is, you know, go to the go to the grocery store. You know, a lot of people walking out, you know, on the street and, and whatnot and biking. But there's just not a lot of open spaces to go to. And yeah, that's that, that's part of why people here, I mean, people in my immediate area are getting mad because it's, it, it is easy here to stay far away from everybody. I mean, you can go and do things, but a lot of the stuff here isn't even, it's shut down the same way it's shut down in Minneapolis. So it's causing a lot, there's a lot of, a lot of infighting going on in Minnesota because of that, because it's such a different blanket than what you're doing with us. So it's, yeah. Well, this, the, the mental health part of it is a big part of it, I think too. Yeah. There's a lot of different, aspects of this whole thing too like that like what you just said like this opens up you know a lot of clarity for the people who really want smaller government versus larger government yeah. um, you know who who would rather have their governor and then trickle down to their county yeah. leaders or supervisor or executives however you know however Every state, yeah. every state's done a little differently. Some have province, like uh, not provinces. That's Canada, but I know every state has like uh, commonwealths and, and little different regions and whatever, however mm-hmm. they call it. Um, in New York, we have counties and then townships. Yeah, we have the same thing here: counties and townships here as well. So yeah, like the township that I work for is the largest township per capita in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's not tremendous mile wise. It's uh I I want to say it's about half the size of the county I live in, but we have the most like I said most people per capita. Um and you know, it's been around since 1644. A little for, for a little uh, contrast on that. Our township, my mom is actually the township clerk, so she handled a lot of the voting stuff and all that and i think there's only like 200 people that are even eligible to vote in my county or in my township that's crazy 
Yeah, it's like two or three hundred. I can't remember what the exact number is, but it's like they can spend an entire day and only uh, fifty people come in to vote, kind of a thing. Oh, that's wild. There's like yeah. there's like two hundred people every hour at like yeah. every there's like five hundred polling places. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. Yeah, but that's why I think it, it was, you know, a good conversation, a little contrast of, mm-hmm. you know, city mouse, country mouse. Even though yep. I'm a little bit outside the city, I'm way more city than than where you're. Oh at. yeah, I, you're still you're still city. I think we'll we'll still call you city <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, like what you know, the they kind of describe it out here, like nasty, like as you come out from Manhattan, you have. Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau County, and Suffolk County. And Mm -hmm. Suffolk County is a little more rural. There used to be a lot of farming out there years ago. There's still some farming, but not not as much. There's a lot of wineries out there now, uh, a lot of corn. But there used to be a whole lot of farming along now. That was, you know, many years ago. But it's still, you know, they kind of consider it like, Nassau County is pretty much like Queens point 2.0 and then Suffolk is still a little bit you can still get a little bit of that feel if you go all the way out you know you'll see you'll see a farm where you won't see anything else you know maybe within an eye shot but then you know you go another half a mile and you'll see you know a dozen houses so it's it's you know you'll get a little little glimpses of the, the openness yeah yeah, different world. <laughs> yeah, man, different strokes for different folks, but we're all going through the same shit. So it's it's you know it's good uh-huh. to to compare it and also come together and talk about you know what's you know what we're all going through where we're at because yeah you know it it a lot of people don't get exposure to different parts of you know they don't get to travel a lot of people don't travel for by choice um, yep. and you know TV doesn't depict a lot of middle America, unfortunately, other than the big cities or your stereotypical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. There's not many, there's not many people that I can think of in media that I, uh, or like in a, in a movie or a television character or something that I can think of as, no, that's just like me. That it's, it's pretty few and far between. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure there's been a few, but it's usually a stereotypical type of thing for sure. Yeah, and you know, and also it's it's right. Like people, you know, it's it's cool for people to get a glimpse into the different things. Like a lot of people don't even understand. Like I say, I work at the beach. I have. To, it takes a lot of explanation sometimes. Wait, what do you mean you work at the beach? And <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because I'm not a lifeguard. I'm maintenance, and I've been doing this for 23 years. But I work at the beach now. The ocean hits the 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 sand comes crashing in the Atlantic Ocean along mm-hmm. along the shore then there's a sand dune and then there's a park that has picnic tables and bathrooms and all types of courts and whatnot and then you have a big ass park a lot then you have the road and you could go home so when I say I work at the beach I really work in the park I don't really have anything to do on the beach but I still work at the beach. 
So it's like I have to go through this whole process. They're like, "What do you, what do you do there?" And they, they, you, you don't run down this beach in slow motion with orange swimming trunks on. Yeah, no, it's nothing like Baywatch. <laughs> like, uh, you know, there there's some crews that operate the machines that 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 uh, pick up all the the debris uh, oh, with, yeah. with a tractor, and um, yep. and then they have a, a machine that that picks up the cans, the big heavy cans. But oh yeah, that's a whole different crew. But it's still, you know. Uh, I'm going to be, I don't know what my, you know, usually my duties are a lot different. This, you know, right now preparing for this whole thing, we shut down any area where you could picnic or sit down. Um, We had to, you know, really put up a lot of fencing and close off a lot of different spots. There's no playgrounds. There's no courts. You actually could play tennis, but there's no basketball, handball, anything that's very close. Um, you're not allowed to on the beach throw football or play. Oh, you could throw the football. You can't play like contact sports or anything. So oh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're going to have me out there with a ruler or uh, spreading people out. I don't, yeah, I mean that. What do you What do you do when somebody says "fuck off" or something like that? I don't you know. know. What's gonna yeah, I, I, there's no oh. there's no enforcement like law like i like i'm gonna call the cop yeah like like, like but you know by the time so you don't I, have a badge by the time i get i go get a cop they move two <laughs> feet back i'm like officer they were five yeah. and a half feet away from each other they're like oh nope we're seven feet now you yeah, know that's... it's just a whole lot of weird situations i don't know you know if we're gonna have a lot of toilet paper bandits because of the, oh, the yeah. shortage of toilet paper, they're like, "Holy shit! Let's uh-huh. let's crack open the dispensers and loot the toilet paper." Like, I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know. If- I I really wonder. I mean, if this keeps going on, I mean, they're starting to lift most of the stuff in Minnesota, but eventually, I think people are going to start to get crazy, and they're just going to say, "Screw it," and see if somebody actually gets arrested for it. Yeah, it- uh, and I'm afraid that's going to happen because I mean, well, it's hard and- to it's hard to keep, keep people penned up for that long. Unfortunately, in New York, there's been a little bit of a problem that, you know, uh, they've been going after a lot of minority neighborhoods for mm. people's not being perfectly socially distant. And there's been a, a uptick in beatings and unnecessary arrests. But then in the uh, bougie neighborhoods, they're giving out masks in the park. So, like, there's Always already comes down to money, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's already, uh, you know, trickling down and, and happening. But, the, you know, even if I was law enforcement, I don't know how close I'm going to want to get to somebody and have to tell them you got a distance. And it's, it's all tricky territory. Like, I'm, I'm still, I'm off today, but I'm still waiting to find out the, the kind of PPE they're giving me for this whole scenario. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have my uh, tape measure with me and we'll see what happens, but (laughs) we might be doing a, a a coughing cast next time. Let's hope not. But until, until then we're going to revisit that, but we're going to close out the show talking about something cool, something that has been keeping us, you know, from losing our minds during this whole thing, I think that that doing the Westworld podcast was really helpful as much as fun as it was. 
I think having that to distract us and have a um a goal or 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 a, uh something consistent to be at every week at our at our recording schedule was very helpful for this time and uh you know I I talked about uh, a bunch of things on the last podcast I've been doing that have been keeping me sane anything you want to add well, uh, I mean, I, I think I could probably speak for every one of us that podcasted over that time. I think we all felt the same exact way. I mean, I thought just having that kind of creative outlet was, I didn't, re- like, I think I had said on our last Westworld pod, I hadn't done anything creative in 20 some years. And that, that was such a nice release doing that, that it was just, it, that was such a blast because you could like literally check out of reality for a couple of hours a week and do that. And I mean, as far as other things, I mean, I've been able to get outside because obviously when I'm planting all that, it's, I'm agriculture is an essential employee. So I've been, wor- I've been working through the whole thing. Um, uh, the other way to, the other way I guess that I've been, um, what do you want to call it, relaxing is building my Lego stuff again. <laughs> I'm a huge Lego fan. I always have been. And it's, it was been a good excuse to dive back into that as well. Something that's kind of creative and get you doing something with your hands and, that's been my two main things. Excellent. I really know you were into the Legos. That's very cool. Oh yeah, huge. Well, it's I I was into them big when I was a little kid, I, like everybody was, and then I kind of got out of them for a while. I picked up a few Star Wars things when that came out back in the '90s, and then didn't really do anything for a while. And then about three or four years ago, I had a good friend of mine that passed away unexpectedly. He was like 36, 37. He was single, didn't have any kids or any dogs or anything, so he. All, all of his free time, he was collecting Legos. And after he passed away, his brother called me and said, hey, come over here. He, I want you to have all these. So I ended up like literally filling our minivan full of Star Wars Legos and hauled them into my house. And that that was like a gateway to get back into Lego. So then I've become a bigger fan of Lego ever since then. Just keep collecting and found it. That was obviously a stressful time when he passed away. And just being able to play with his Legos, and shouldn't say play, but let's play build with them and just kind of be creative was a great one. That was how I realized it was a great stress reliever doing that. So I just got back into them from then. And it's like I said, it's gotten even like I, I'm the Lego what Axel is to uh, Gundam. Well, I, I, I don't want to go too heavy on this podcast, but I just want to let you know that like that story right there gave me chills because <laughs> no, really because I, I, as I'm getting older, uh, I'm 41, very close to, to you, or, you know, similar mm-hmm. in, in, you know, where we're at headspace in life. And as I'm, I've been getting older, I've been, you know, delving a little bit more into the spiritual end of things and seeing things from a different angle. And, and there couldn't have been more of a sign right there for you to have those Legos, for you to need probably at a time in your life to, to relax and get into building and take your mind off it. And then to also re to always be able to reconnect with your friend, like from that gift, like to me, I think that's right there. That that's like meant to be kind of thing. And, and, and I feel like that's, that's a really beautiful story. I, I totally get that whole thing. And I totally get the, the comfort of building because Axel, you know, I always really didn't understand the Gundam thing. And I went to a, a trade show, uh comic comic con a few years back and he asked me to get him 
a special edition one. Yeah, I think you guys talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, and and now now yeah. I got like thirty Gundam sitting in a case uh-huh. here, and and I don't even you know I watched all the all the shows just to know what I was building, but I yep. have no idea about any of these Gundams really. I'm not really into them. I liked mm-hmm. building them, and I like the way they keep my hands occupied. So I get the whole Lego thing, and I think that's cool. If they weren't so damn expensive, I probably would yeah. would be into Legos. Um, I you know. I, That's uh, the biggest problem is the is the cost. You know, a lot of times, what I it's to the point now where like from my in laws for Christmas last year, they just gave me gift cards to the Lego the Lego store, and I'll do things like I'll I'll find them on clearance or I buy them at cheap at rummage sales and that kind of thing because it's. Yeah, they. That's the thing I hate is they are so damn expensive. But yeah, yeah well, it's, it's fun. I, I do have one other cool little tidbit to add. I have uh some cousins i have a small family but i have uh my cousins kids my cousins are a little bit a couple years older than i am but their kids are now f- f- eight there's five of them i want to say eight range from 19 to 23 and um when they were little i gave two of them I had the old blue hand tote Lego case from the eighties. Oh yeah. And, yep. and I got a red one. It looks just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it had, it was like, like a rough, rough outside. Like yep. yeah, yeah. A couple, you open it up and there was a couple little tray holders yep. kind of on the back. Yep. I know that. I know the case very well. <laughs> little, little black snaps. Yep. So, all right. So I had that thing jam packed with all my Legos and I used to, cause I used to get the sets and then I would build it and then I would, I just like building my own stuff afterwards. Yep. So yep. I, I had a whole mishmash. Well, long story short, I gave them to them when they were kids. And mm-hmm. I got a text last week that uh, from my cousins, and she said, the girls were building your Legos today, and they're uh, 19 and 22. I was like, that's awesome. Those uh-huh. Legos I gave them when they were four and seven years old, or you know, so like to, Legos are an essential part of life. And I, I, I really, I dig that. So, you know, now, now that this turned into the Lego cast, hopefully we can get sponsored and get some free kits sent to us. Perfect. Yeah. I don't even want any money. Just send the sets. <laughs> So send the free sets. Yes. I'll take the little, just the men. I like collecting the guys. Oh, yeah, I do too. I think I actually have the full set of Avengers here behind on the desk somewhere. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Well, another thing that kept us occupied, which I thought was a whole lot of fun, was we both got uh, tagged 
in one of these Facebook uh, survey type things, quiz type things. And normally I'm so out on all these type of things, but this one, uh, I, th- I think we were both tagged by our uh, Westworld cohort. Gina yes, as well. that's right. Gina, Gina hooked us up here with this one. And I'm usually so out on these things because they're just so annoying, but I just thought this was fun. And I saw it going around a little bit for like a week prior. Uh, I believe Heath was doing it with a couple of his, mm-hmm. his, his friends. And then people were doing some album ones. And I thought it was cool. And we, we both were pretty much, I think we were a day apart or something like that. And yep. we, were, we were both putting up some great movies. So I figured since this is, you know, basically a, a, a DVR uh, in name podcast, but we, you know, I've taken it over and just made it a, a shooting the shit podcast. <laughs> but we're gonna get inside DJ's DVR, and that's why gonna, it's a special edition. That's right. We're gonna talk about our lists of ten movies that we were chosen to pick that were random. Uh, and I think the only stipulation is they can't be Academy Award type movies. They just have to be fun or bizarre or out there movies that you like. So, uh, I don't know how, how you want to do this. You want to, I mean, I don't have, I didn't do it any, in any order or anything. I just, whatever came to my mind that was picking. So well, uh, and that, that's kind of, I, when I, when I first, I also normally don't do those kind of listings. I ended up doing the album one and this one. And I think that's the first time I've ever done any of those things. I don't normally like doing them, but the, uh, like the movies that I picked, I, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I also, I, uh, I even had people like other people that I know in real life texting me say, well, dude, you need to put this on there, that on there. And why are you picking these movies? And I, I didn't want to put anything. These aren't necessarily my favorite movies. A lot of these are my comfort food movies. These are the movies I'll put on that I've seen a million times that I'll still get a chuckle on. And like I said, when I'm stressed out or something, I'll throw these on. So that's kind of where I was thinking on this. I don't know how, I don't know how we want to start talking about them, but. That's kind of my mindset when we when I started. All right. Well, before we do that, I got tagged in the album one too, and here's a little, uh, I guess, quiz hack. I altered the when you copy and paste like the the directions. I altered it <laughs> to say instead of post one album per day, I wrote post seven albums in one day. On yep, your, on I your page. That. So I posted all seven albums, and I and I. I got out of that. But um, another thing to add, I didn't have much luck with the people I tagged to do this quiz, the, the, this this challenge type thing. Um, and that's, I, didn't, I only had I, two people. I was going to say, I didn't tag anybody. The one I've done these, I don't tag, I'll maybe tag some people at the end, but I've realized it's so hard to keep up with who's doing it. And so many people don't like doing it. So I, I didn't even tag anybody. I think at the end I just said, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. Just tag me so I can see what you put. And I don't think anybody's tagged me yet, so I don't think anybody took me up on that. But <laughs> I got I, some... I, I, lo- I loved all the interaction from people. Yeah, so. exactly. I got some fun feedback. So, all right, let's just let's just do uh, do the first one on your list. What do you got? Well, my first one is Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy. The first, the first Anchorman with Will Ferrell. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen that movie by now, and most people either love it or hate it, and I just love it. It's a movie that, for me that, every time I watch it, I find new things to laugh at. 
Ah, it's a classic. You want to know, for me, at that, that was, to me, Will Ferrell was the pinnacle of his career at that moment. And he was like, he could do no wrong. When that mm-hmm. movie came out, I was so disappointed. I, I was like, I can't believe what I just watched. This is terrible. I saw it in the theaters. And I was really disappointed. And <laughs> after it came out on DVD, I watched it again. It just became, I, I just clicked, and now it's like I could watch it anytime. It's I, fucking hilarious. I have the same exact same exact story because I remember I remember seeing it in the theater as well, and we went with a couple of my buddies, and we were all big Will Ferrell fans, and we walked out and we're like, eh, I'm not so sure about that, and came out on DVD, and all of a sudden it became one of those ones that we watched every day for like a week at one point, and it just. It clicked later. It, it's one of those ones that, and I think I've got a few on my list that are like that, where I didn't didn't get the glory of how how great they were until after I had seen them, or they just brainwashed me after I had watched them so many times. So, yeah, I, I had a mixed response at first. I grew to love this movie, though. Oh, that's awesome. Well, my the first one I put up was Midnight Madness from February eighth, nineteen eighty. It was a, a Disney production about this crazy. Uh, scavenger hunt from these college kids in different sororities and fraternities and groups and cliques going looking for stuff all around LA and it was like this like I don't want to say cute but it was uh, a wholesome type movie growing up that I watched all the time because we growing up I was fortunate enough to have uh, cable from like age four and this was on HBO all the time and uh, I remember watching it quite a bit so this cool little tidbit here was when I posted this someone uh, that I'm friends with on Facebook they had wrote oh I I can't believe that you put this I I forgot all about this the name of this I I think about this movie all the time this and that so I wound up uh, sending him a the movie and, and and getting them through COVID so you can watch the movie. So, and I have never, I have never seen this. I vaguely remember, I had to look it up after you put it on there and I vaguely remember hearing about it, but I never, we never had cable when I was growing up. So most of the stuff I saw was when it was like CBS movie of the week or something like that, or renting something from the library is usually where I would see things. So I have never seen this. I am going to have to make a mission to check it out. Well, when, when he's, Kind and rewinds. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Perfect. What do you got? So what's what's your next one? Let's see. Oh, my next one is a movie that I I don't know if a lot of people ever saw it. It was it's pin from when do I July twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. Say the say the movie again. You cut out. Oh, sorry, Kingpin. Uh, it's from the Fairly Brothers who did. There's something about Mary and. It's a bowling comedy with Bill Murray and uh, Woody Harrelson and Randy Quaid. And it's just, it takes place within an Amish community. It's just a movie that I can't hardly describe. It's the Farrelly Brothers, so you know what you're going to get. It's goofy and crazy and a little bit crass, but another movie that I love. And I actually was surprised with how many people that responded to that when I posted it on Facebook, because it's another hilarious movie. If you listen, if you haven't seen this movie, you are a total Roy Munson. <laughs> this movie is phenomenal. That's it's it's such a great movie. I don't I that that's 
I, I don't know. That's crazy if people haven't seen that. And this was another one that I know I didn't catch up on until it was on DVD because I don't think it was in the theaters for very long. It kind of bombed, I think, if I remember correctly. But yeah, one that, and most of these movies I think on my list are ones that I eventually VHS or DVD is where I started worshiping these movies. So yeah, Kingpin. Quality. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Mine was another, uh, like the next one, number two was. Uh, one of those ones that hung around HBO all the time, and I guess they were similar to Midnight Midnight Madness. It was geared for a younger audience because they were they would be on like after school and stuff. And this was from '86, Solar Babies. So you figure these movies would get to the the HBO about a year after the theater. So it's probably '87, '88. I was watching this movie around nine nine ten years old. And it just was a cool movie. It was a futuristic, uh, apocalyptic type movie with some magical type type orb, and you know the the the, the youth played some kind of game with the orb, thinking it was like some kind of like <laughs> roller skate type type. This is when I guess uh, what do you call the uh, inline skating came out. Like so, oh, they yeah. they were doing like inline skating through the Mad Max set, but yeah, it was pretty pretty cheesy, but pretty pretty. Pivotal. And that's that's one I need to see again because that's see I didn't have cable, but I remember seeing this when I think when I stayed at one of my friends' house when we did like a sleepover overnight thing. I remember watching it, but it's probably been twenty five, maybe thirty years since I've seen it. So it's I know I've seen it because I I looked at some of the pictures. I'm like, oh yeah, this is familiar. But another one I haven't watched forever. I got to check it out. I wouldn't rush out for that one. I would wait for Midnight Madness. I would watch first. Okay, perfect. Uh, Let's see here. Well, number three, this one is uh, for me one that everybody, I mean, anybody that's any kind of sports fan has seen, Major League from 1989. I mean, it's the cast is awesome. It's hilarious. It's a typical sports movie. I mean, you, but. But I mean, really, really, really funny. That that one almost should have not been allowed on your list. Because it's it's it should be should have an award to it, even though it's not an award movie. But like that is the uh, it's the pivotal baseball movie. It still to this day holds up to to a T. Maybe the cars might look different and some of the haircuts, but yeah, the themes, everything is you know. Other than maybe the Indians not being so shitty anymore, but I mean that was like a twenty-year run. And that, this was this was a movie too that um, when I first started doing this, I got threats. I think on the first day via text from people saying, "If Major League doesn't make your list, I am not being your friend anymore." So <laughs> I had no choice on this one, but Major League, it's awesome. Well, I mean, I kind of just approached the list of like. Just total random shit that I I, I like. Like I I, yep. I I totally threw the dart at the board, and I didn't want to do it in any kind of my favorites or a genre. And I just picked randomly because. Well, you've got one that that's coming up here that I would argue the same thing that it maybe should shouldn't even be eligible because it's so good. But we'll get to that one when we get to it. Oh boy! So <laughs> the one I have in the three spot, I the third one I put up was PCU <laughs> because. When I got into talking about I, the long ass conversation I had with the the an old old friend about Midnight Madness, I said, we, you know, 
before I, I had sent it over to him, he was looking it up and he goes, oh man, I can't believe that, you know, this was like this. He, you know, uh, he goes, I, it's all coming back to me now. And I go, well, if you like that one, I go, I go, I go think about it this way. It's basically like a PG version of PCU that came out, you know, almost 20 years later. And he's like, <laughs> he goes, what's PCU? I go, what? What? Yeah. Oh. So I was like, that had to go up there. I had, I had PCU. I have PCU. Well, I don't think I have it anymore, but I had it on, on VHS. I, I actually saw PCU before I saw Animal House. I mean, it was, yeah, PCU is another... I don't. I don't know how it, it's been a long time since I've watched it, so I don't know how it holds up anymore. But I used to. Love, I would watch the hell out of that thing back in the nineties. It still holds up. It holds up even more now, actually. You know, other other than the like again the clothes, but like the mm-hmm. idea of of that movie and now how PC everybody is. Think about ninety four. Oh, yeah. Man. You yeah. Know, PC was like like kind of a joke in ninety back in ninety four. Now there's Me it's Too everywhere. and hashtags yeah. and 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 you know the Occupy Me all types of shit. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, I never even thought about that. It probably is more relevant. Yep. Uh, my number four, I had to put a Kevin Smith movie on here, and I know it's not normally named as one. And I actually was surprised this was this one got the most likes of anything I posted. Is Mallrats, um, a movie that, like I said, a lot of people don't would consider Kevin Smith's best, but I think it's his funniest movie. is hilarious. I have it was actually filmed in a mall in Minnesota, if you can believe that. It was some weird tax break where. So I've been to the mall that's been filmed that many times. It's been remodeled now, so it doesn't look the same as it did back then. Um, I even have the I have down in my basement where I have my own theater. I have an autographed poster of Mallrats with Kevin Smith autographed it. It's Mallrats, another movie that's pretty crass, but I love it. It's hilarious. Would you like a chocolate pretzel? Uh, no, I would not. Ah, oh, I love Mallrats. I was, I was a huge Kevin Smith guy. I we had I had uh, Clerks as soon as that came out on VHS, and we would just watch that over and over and over <laughs> and over, and then everything else he did. Even to this day, I don't complain about even if it's campy, cheesy, whatever. It's all tied together to Clerks, and it all reminds me of of like his style. I love I, I love it. Even the new stupid Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And, you know, I still haven't watched that. I want to, but I still haven't still haven't watched that one yet. It's on Amazon Prime if you have that service. Yeah, yep, I, I do. It's one of those ones like, well, like when we were doing the Westworld thing back since I was planting, I, I basically everything else that came out in that two month time I didn't watch so I, it's a long, long list so I'm going to get to it this summer though yeah it's nothing you should rush for but it's funny there's no more rats well <laughs> not many are alright so I had in that spot kickboxer just <laughs> random came to me I'm like thinking about because I was stuck now back in the, in the olden days and I'm like man me and my one buddy referenced this movie so so much over the last like three or four years, just the stupid lines in it. And I don't know. I threw it up there. And I, I was trying to find room for a Van Damme movie somewhere on my list. So I'm glad you did. Cause I didn't. It's a fun movie. Oh uh, yeah. Let's see. What do I have here next? 
Oh, my next one is probably of the 10 movies I have listed, probably my favorite movie of all of these. And this is Spinal Tap from 1984. It's, I think it's just an amazing movie. It's one I could watch almost every day and find something new. It's hilarious. There's a DVD version where the guys actually do a commentary of the movie in character. Anybody doesn't know what this is, Spinal Tap is, it's a fake documentary about a fake rock, heavy metal rock group and how insane and idiotic they are. Just a brilliant, hilarious movie. This is Spinal Tap. Well, I I can I gotta tell you something. It's uh, I haven't ever seen this movie. I love Whoa! I love <laughs> I like music. I like metal. I've seen Priest in concert many times. I've seen so many metal bands and my cousins all grew up metalheads and I I I just don't know why I've never seen this movie. It's crazy. Oh. And I love everybody that's in it because I've seen everything else that they've done. Well, and they, I mean, for part of that was for a long time, it was in, it had some weird rights issues. So it wasn't available for a long time. And cause that, when I first saw it, it wasn't until God, it had to be mid or late nineties before I was even, it finally got released on DVD, but for a long time you couldn't find it anywhere. Cause it, it was something with the music and the studio got bought out by somebody else. And, so you couldn't find it for a long time. So that's that might be part of why you didn't see it. Yeah, well, I but got, you definitely check it out. It's a classic. I'm gonna add that to my list. All right. So all right, what do we what do we have to here? Uh, five we made it to the fifth day. So the fifth day, I put up Velvet Goldmine. It's I don't know if if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, you and McGregor, right? It is. Uh, phenomenal start to finish ride where you feel at least I did I've watched it many 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 times I have the soundtrack um, but I feel like it's a great story from the start to the end it gives you completion Um, it doesn't leave so much hanging stuff or like a lot of movies do um, Mm -hmm. you know that make you think it it's whimsical it it's it's to me this is a, is one of my favorite movies uh it just i absolutely love it ewan mcgregor is one of my all-time favorite actors he actually is my all-time favorite male actor um he's great yeah he's he's just so so good in this movie and christian bale's excellent but it's one of those I movies i think people sleep on because they don't know what it is they don't know if it's like a a period piece, a genre piece, and it kind of like blends all that together. So I just threw that up there for maybe well, some people I, that never seen it. I'm going to have to go back to that. Cause I, I know I've, I remember watching it and I think I, cause 98, when it came out, that was when my, my heaviest movie phase of watching stuff was. And I know I've seen it. I just don't, I didn't even remember Christian Bale was in it. I'm going to have to watch that again. I remember thinking it was good, but never went back to it. Yeah, Christian Bale's actually the lead. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I really don't remember it then. I will have to. I'll have to add, add, put that back on my list again to rewatch that. Yeah, man. See, this is fun. See, that's why. Yeah. That's why I I mixed it up with these lists because I could have been a top ten. Everybody's like, oh, you know, at least eight of them are in everybody's top ten. You know what I mean? Like everybody, a lot of most people got the general consensus of top movies, but well, like. I, that, that's kind of what I try to do as well. I mean, I still pick some popular movies, but like... Yeah, but out there and fun. Like stuff that's besides, not going to make a perfect list. 
because I think I think this is Spinal Tap might make my top ten of all time list, but nothing else I had listed here would make make my top ten. So it's yeah, movies that are yeah, like I said, we already talked about that, I guess. Yeah, let's see here. I like beating dead horses. Yeah, well, we're good at it. <laughs> I mean, we we spent like an hour and a half talking about an hour long episode of TV for the last eight weeks. So that's right. We, we know how to do that. Uh, my number six is my favorite Kurt Russell movie ever, 1986, Big Trouble in Little China. I just, another movie, I just, it's so silly and goofy, and I just, Kurt Russell is so fantastic in that movie. I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan anyways, but this is my favorite performance of his. It's one of his movies I did with John Carpenter, also with The Thing, and um, Escape from LA, or Escape from New York, which are also great movies, but... Uh, the silliness in Big Trouble just puts it over the top for me. I love it. That's who did this, John Carpenter? Yes. Yeah, I remember growing up, man, every time this was on, it was like you you could just pick it up in any spot because it really mm-hmm. didn't matter. It was like it, it was just going from wacky scene to wacky yeah. scene, and you're in the, you open a door, and now you're in this next, like, wacky place. It was like. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, and it's just so much fun. Yeah, I just, the one, I, I just love all of Kurt Russell's one liners because he's so. Like he's playing this macho guy that really isn't very good at what he does, and it's he plays it so perfectly. It's I just I love rewatching the movie. Yeah, then he tried to like revisit it with Tango and Cash, and he just fell off. Yeah, he yeah. Tried that, to, he tried to bring that same silliness, and it, it just wasn't the same, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so number six in the sixth spot, I put Kids, nineteen ninety five <laughs> indie film. This one that was you know sort of. Uh, underground for many years, and then when DVDs hit, it sort of blew up again. Do you ever see Kids? Yeah, I I saw it on VHS. I think even I I saw this somehow. We had a pretty good uh, video store around here, and it had the thing. I remember seeing it because I remember all the hype around it. And I've only watched it once, but I will. Ne- it's one a movie I can never forget for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have the I have the VHS from back in the days, and I have uh, the DVD. I just love this movie. It's so, like, really real, and I kind of lived right in that that wheelhouse, the clubs, the skating, the, the hanging out. It just it was. It's pretty much, you know, a pivotal New York in that time frame movie. You know, that was my. I was I was around the age of those those people, and just a uh, good flick. That's that's another one I haven't watched in a long time. It's, I've been I've been always curious to go back to though because it's one of those rare movies for me that a movie that you only see one time but you still remember it very vividly even twenty some years later. So I'm, I'm curious to go back to that one again. Well, if I had to say there was a, a perfect follow up to Kids, was uh, a movie that Jonah Hill made last year called Mid Nineties. Oh, you know, I remember hearing about it. I had never watched. Isn't Dude, isn't it involved skateboarding or something in it? Isn't there? It's 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 a West Coast version of Kids. Really, it is spot on. I mean, I, to, yeah, I remember hearing about it, but I I don't know. I don't think I've talked to anybody that's seen it. It it just it doesn't send the the heavy message the that that kid sent, um, but mm-hmm. it tells a, a great story of the of the time. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out too. Yeah, like if I could be like if I was two two movies mixed together, it would be mid nineties and kids. 
<laughs> well, now I definitely have to watch mid nineties. I think that's on one of the, I think that's on prime or Hulu. I think it's on one of those, isn't it? Yeah. I, thought I remember seeing it when I was scrolling through something here a, week, oh, a little while back. Yep. It's definitely on something. Uh, let's see my next, my next one is from 1992. It's Saturday night live movies are always very hit or miss for me, but this one, it's one I grew up with. It was one of the first VHS tapes I purchased with my own money. Uh, Wayne's World. It's everybody knows what Wayne's World is, so yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't think, Yellow. I don't think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we fear change. Oh man, yeah. that's that's so good. I mean, that movie, like, it makes me like feel like funny, like when you, you just climb the rope in gym class, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now Wayne's World is so great and I, I don't know if like I, th- I guess there was a few Saturday Night Live movies but I, I think to me like no that was like the, the jump off for Saturday Night Live movies yeah that's really what, what there was a whole a whole big slew of them right after that because of Wayne, uh, Wayne's World was so popular yeah right you I, had Tommy Boy know. and all those other ones after that like the ladies man and I mean there was uh, right, they, the made, rock, they made one night uh, at the Roxbury's and you had yeah. it, uh, then you had the Adam Sandler movies all come out. Yeah, it, it all kind of, that was kind of you're right. It was kind of the jump start of all of that. And I mean, I just, might be wrong. If someone's out there listening, you could you know send us an email dvrpodcast at gmail dot com. Address it to Axel. Yep. Tell him complaint. Complaint, complaint yeah. department. Yep. Uh, number seven for me was dazed and confused. Probably. The number, if I had to say overall, maybe if depending if I can pull an Anna or not. If anybody knows what that is, I'm not going to explain. It's your it, show. But, it's your show, so you can definitely. But I'm, do that. I'm I'm going to say overall light lifetime. It's probably my third favorite movie, Days and Confused, of all, all time, um, and it's just so great that. So many people have slept on it, and it's another movie that just puts a perfect timestamp on a perfect period, one summer, and in one town in Texas in 1976 in a perfect way. Just tells a great story and painted a perfect picture of of something I would imagine that would be really historically accurate as well as entertaining at the same time. This is the movie that I would argue should have been up for Oscars. This movie is, it is fantastic. This, this movie was in my area in this small town area was, I mean, this was the movie. Everybody worships this movie because it might actually, you know how I had said before, how a lot of movies and TV shows didn't really, have characters that were like me a lot of days and confused is like that i mean like the going to the party at the moon tower that that kind of that's the kind of stuff that happens here where everybody goes and you go and sneak onto the football field and do that so that's the kind of stuff you get away you can, maybe not so much now but when i was growing up in even the 90s in this area you could you could get away with doing that stuff it, it had that kind of small town feel but still the high school feel it's and so all the actors are so fantastic. Almost all of them became superstars in their own right afterwards. It's just a awesome, awesome movie. 
it I, I mean I've seen it countless countless times it's got two amazing soundtracks it's got some of the best mu- music ever and again like there's just so many people that never heard of it and and just slept on it and I had to put it up there and a cool little yeah. sidebar um I love this so much and I went to Woodstock 99 um up uh-huh. in upstate New York and they had it was on an airfield on Ro- a Rose Air Force base and a, a retired Air Force base was that the mudslide Woodstock or was that the the first one was the with that, all the mud that was 94 this was the okay, fire this was the yep. fire one during Red Hat Chili oh, Peppers oh that's right yeah so um they had this was on an air air old air base and they still had hangars there so inside um one of the hangars was an independent film channel this was when independent film channel was like just coming out and they uh-huh. they had their own hangar and they aired for 3 days just movies straight and there was like a list like a tv guide and <laughs> i saw me and my friend immediately saw one of the nights i think it was like the saturday night at or sunday morning rather at 3 a.m. Yeah. was going to be days and confused so oh, man. yeah we we made sure we were we were there watching Days and Confused. We watched the whole thing sitting on a, a cold cement floor. I mean, it it was uh, well, it really was not cold, but it was a hard ass cement floor in a hangar yeah. watching Days and Confused. It was awesome. I bet that was cool. That's a cool story. I like that. Yeah, and it's just so, so good. I mean, and, and the lines, like I'm sure you and all your friends used to say every single line. Yeah, it's it's still it still gets quoted between all my old high school friends and I uh, via text every once in a while or something. So yeah, it's yeah, it's just a classic. You you cool man? <laughs> like how? Okay. <laughs> so so great. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know why it's a long time either. That's another one I need to pull back out and watch again. Definitely. Uh, what do you have in the seventh day? I don't know. Actually, where are we where are we eighth at? Day. The eight? No, yeah, the, we are on the eighth day. It's right. You yeah. started. I think, this, I think this is the only one I have that's not really a goofy comedy because I had said before my comfort food, and there's a lot I could have picked on here on my Facebook post. One of my other friends and I, I think, went back on this had thirty some comments just debating James Bond. The one I put on here is "Live and Let Die." I'm a big Bond fan. I love all well, not all the movies, but I love a large percentage of them. They're just fun. It's probably it's not best Bond movie by any means, but it's probably the one I've seen the most just because it was always on TV and I'm a big Bond fan. So live and let die. It's got the silly voodoo and all kinds of crazy stuff, but that's, that's my number eight. It, it really could have been almost any of the Bond movies in this spot. Yeah. I've, I've never, ever been a Bond guy. I've tried and tried and tried. Just don't like them. It's, you know, it's not for everybody. It's definitely, it's, it's definitely, they're definitely, it's like a, I can just check out and just relax and just watch some silly action for the most part. Uh, well, for my eighth spot, I wanted to ruffle some feathers, but nobody really <laughs> took the bait. And cause this was supposed to be a movie that is underrated and never gets recognition and never won any awards. And it's the bastard child of the star Wars franchise, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> so I put it up there. I happen to actually like it, and everybody thinks I'm an asshole because Misa like a Jar Jar Bink. Misa think a Jar Jar is an okay character. The, 
the Phantom Menace is something that, like, I'm a Star Wars and Empire and Jedi are what got me into movies in the first place. I mean, that Star Wars is my, especially the original trilogy, is my my thing. I, I mean, obsessed with it since day one, basically. Um, the uh, Phantom Menace, I remember seeing back when this came out. Like, the best theater in Minnesota was at the Mall of America. One like the big, huge, the biggest 16- mall in America. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's so amazing. Not really, it's just a giant mall. But the uh, they were playing Phantom Menace 24 hours a day on the opening day. And me and a couple of my buddies went and went to the theater at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it was a sold-out theater at 3 a.m. Walked out of there at 5.30. We all thought we had seen the best thing in the world because we were all – the experience was – I mean, it was like Darth Vader and Chewbacca walking up and down the aisle. I mean, it was just a just a blast of a time. I think I ended up seeing it five times in the theater before I realized it's not my favorite Star It's still Star Wars, so I still enjoy it, but I have a very rich history with this movie, it, so I definitely have seen it a ton. That that reason you said that makes it so good because it was the first Star Wars thing we had since 1983. That's I, I remember vividly when that thing, when it started, when like the 20th Century Fox logo started playing, the crowd in that solo oh theater at 3 a.m. just went berserk. I mean, it was like it was there at a rock concert. And every time something happened, the, the scroll comes up, people went crazy. The first time a lightsaber gets lit, when Darth Maul shows up, it was just one of the funnest experiences ever had in a theater. Because yeah. you're right, it was such a long time between Star unless you count those shitty Ewok no, TV you know, movies. No, like we're talking real Star I mean, I yeah, like those. Real Star Wars. I like yeah. those, but no, that's not Star Wars. But it's it, it it was it captured a moment in time and i it, to me it's it's not a bad movie like i like jar jar i hate i i don't like that i i thought it brought the fun back to 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 the the whole the whole thing um it's in you know after late you know years later obviously people you know kind of shit on it all all day like they do season 6 of lost but yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a nostalgic preference thing, but I, I have a warm space for Phantom Menace. Um Well if you if you ask anybody that was like our age at that time, I've got a cousin who was uh he was born in ninety one, so he was eight years old when that movie came out. The prequels are his his thing. That's like his, that's his version of like Star Wars Empire to us. That's so I mean it's there's people that love it just as much. So well, it's... I mean, and also, you know, it's a, it's that generation was coming into everything was starting to be faster and faster. And, and yeah. also the, the look, the, um, the, just the, you know, the technology when, and, and the cinematography, like one of the things I love about the original trilogy is the, hard super duper close-ups of everybody's faces yeah like hard like like you're talking like you know han's face on two-thirds of the screen looking at (laughs) leia and then the pan to leia instead of a giant wide shot of them looking at each other and that that doesn't occur in modern television or film and I, th- nope. I think that is a big disconnect for a lot of youth when they watch it and they think it's weird 
because they didn't they weren't exposed to the connection first of the characters and the other the other thing i think that it uh that hurt the movie and it's not anything the movie did was there was another sci-fi movie that had just came out about a month and a half earlier before phantom menace that blew everybody through the back of the theater and all anybody could talk about at the time was the matrix neo yep yeah so it's as I say, Phantom Menace is definitely on my lower tier of Star Wars movies for me personally, but I, it can't be denied the importance that that movie has. Yeah, well, and it, I thought it was a worthy inclusion because it's. I still I love talking about the movie, so it's it definitely did something right. Oh shit! You know, I'm looking at at the the today's dates the 21st. It came out May 19th, 99. So I was mm-hmm. like four days, five days off when I posted it from the. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. If yeah, it was a May. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So, what do you got? Well, this is a perfect follow-up to to uh, the Phantom Menace and Star Wars because my number nine is Spaceballs. Uh, it's <laughs> Star merchandising, Wars merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Yeah, use the Schwartz. I mean, if you haven't seen this and you listen to this podcast, I will be shocked. So everybody knows what Spaceballs is too. It's one of my. I'm I'm a big fan of. Quite a few of Mel Brooks's things, especially up until about early '90s, that kind of fell off from a little bit after that. But Spaceballs is just a classic. And parodies my favorite franchise at the time was Star Wars, so just an awesome movie. And if you talk of like what we were just talking about, as far as timing, you you know you're coming off four years from when Jedi came out, and yep. then you're looking at. Uh, another 12 years until the next film. So like that almost was an appendage to the trilogy. Yeah. You know, like it almost went together. Like you had to see like space was part of it. Well, and I don't remember what I was listening. God, who the heck was it? I was some podcast I was listening to while I was in the tractor here a month or so ago. And the topic of space came up and somebody had said that it was them or somebody they knew had never seen, they saw Spaceballs first. And when they saw Star Wars later, they're like, whoa, this is like a serious version of Spaceballs. So it's... What? Yeah, I wish I could remember where I heard that. Which podcast that was. Yo, that's crazy. It was some movie podcast that I was listening to. I'll have to see if I can remember who that was. Yo, it's funny. But yeah, it just blew my mind that they had, because they felt like right in that right age where they were a little too young for Star Wars when it first came out in Jedi and they were perfect age for space balls and it was on tv all the time back then so yeah oh it, it was a it was a cool very cool story but that's so funny yeah uh, i wish i could remember who it was which podcast it was but i know somebody i heard it somewhere i didn't imagine it so if that happened to somebody that's cool who knows who? Look, you know it's just the way it's the way things are like sometimes you're just it's generational like i'm sure you know if we talk to you know uh, our folks, they're going to be like, wait, you know, you know, you didn't see like, like even me, like I really only enjoyed the last, the, the Daniel Craig bond movies. And yep. like, to say now go back, like people probably who bond people would be like, what are you nuts? Like, or even Star Trek, like the people who've watched all the new J.J. Abrahams ones and then to realize that there was, you know, the originals and the, yeah. and then a show, they're like, wait, what? Well, and like those kind of things too. Like if you weren't, 
if you weren't like, if you didn't have parents that were making you watch those things, how would you even know about that stuff? Like that's like, I would like the bond thing. My parents were always watching bond, and actually start old Star Trek too. So I grew up with that stuff. So it did, I, I caught onto the new stuff right away, but yeah, if, if you didn't have somebody like guiding your hand to show you that stuff, how would you, it's totally un- makes sense why people haven't seen things. Wait, so you guys had a literal bond. Oh, I wish I had a hi hat. Oh man, this is the punniest podcast I've done all <laughs> all day today. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> so my number nine, I had a a movie, is another indie film, it had Macaulay Culkin in it, portraying a uh, a wild club kid called Michael Aleg who through parties that were outlandish and wildish in the limelight and other clubs in the city and turns into a whole murder mystery movie. And it's called party monster from 2003. <laughs> I have seen this. I don't, I don't remember if I, I remember it being a Macaulay Culkin movie. That's why I remember saying it was like a late night IFC one night watching it. Yeah, it's I remember thinking there. it was pretty decent, but I haven't watched it in a long time. It's out there. And I actually, uh, lived this this time in the clubs club scene. I was oh. I it, this the incident that happened in this movie happened one year before my first time in the actual club um, that it, that it took place. <laughs> yeah, like I I went to the club um, probably the year the year that it took place for my prom, but it was like a prom party. But it was, uh-huh. uh, it wasn't one of his parties. But I had actually, you know, I, I, like some of the the um, drag queens and dancers, uh, like I, I've, I've I've met them in the clubs, like uh-huh. like hanging out. Like they used like the real people in the movie. But oh, yeah, wow, that's cool. But but yeah, like they, you know, a little bit embellished from the the truth, but it was pretty pretty accurate. Um, but it's a cool movie, and I like I like uh, you know, stuff that's kind of in my you know wheelhouse of 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 you know seeing yeah. stuff yep like you know you probably like that movie with paulie shore <laughs> yeah son-in-law yeah son-in-law yeah very, very accurate oh <laughs> god i forgot about that movie oh with good reason let's see my last movie uh there was a bunch of movies that could have had this spot but i had to put a chevy chase movie in there because he was he's been a, a huge part of my TV watching or uh, movie watching over the years. Yeah. And it, the eighties was it, Chevy Chase's domain. Yeah. It's, I mean, I probably should have put Fletch in there. Cause I like, I think Fletch is, well, I don't know if I could choose one, but tomorrow if I did the list, Fletch would probably be in this one. But since it's the Christmas season, that's gotta be national lampoons Christmas vacation. Another a movie that I've seen so many times. I can't even count. It's just so many lines. So it's, it's so silly, but it's so I watch it every year, multiple times in December. I love it. You know, I it, it, I could watch it any time of the year. Yeah, I I usually do too. But I there's like I said, there's so much other stuff to catch up on. But I should watch it more often. It's good the whole year round. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. I love all four of the vacation movies. The uh, did you see the remake of it? I never did. Yeah, it was okay. It was definitely not worth watching. I mean, and it had the best Hemsworth in it too, I think, didn't it? I would watch. Yeah, I think he he might have been in it, 
but I would watch all 20 of our movies twice before I watched that movie ever. That's kind of what I was thinking. I don't, I don't remember not really caring that much about Vegas vacation either, but nah, that was good. That was a good one. Mr. I've seen that. I think I've only seen that one once, but the first three I've seen tons and tons of time. Yeah. Chevy chase was, I was a big fan of his back, especially in the eighties. And he had some pretty hilarious rewatchable movies that you can watch over and over and over again. I got a cool, uh, well, it's not Christmas vacation, but a cool Vegas, uh, European vacation story. So me and my cousin, um, a couple years ago, we go down to Williamsburg, Virginia, and we go to, to Bush Gardens. And mm-hmm. they have all different, it's themed out like different cities, uh, different places in the world. And so you oh, have yeah. like Germany land and, and England and, and all, you know, all different uh, places in Europe. So we're in England and there's in the middle a giant Big Ben. So we're with a, a pretty big group. Like I, I say I want to say like four families and three of them have kids. So, you know, you had like you know mm-hmm. a, a decent amount of people. So we're all yep. walking through going to a different area. So me and him just start walking in a circle around it going <laughs> hey look kids it's big ben <laughs> every and every like every like 10 or 15 seconds we would go hey look kids it's big ben and we just kept circling it and we did it for like i don't know 3 minutes to where everybody was so past us they had to come back and they're like what are you guys doing and <laughs> Not one person, like I would say the age went from, from 16 to 40, 49 and not, not one person knew what the fuck we were doing. What's wrong with people? Yeah. I'm like, what? How do you not know? I think actually his wife knew she, she's, she knew, but oh man, I mean, all those movies, they, they, they crafted the, the, humor in me and the and the the, the, yeah. just the different slapstick stuff that made me laugh and giggle is the stuff that i think is just uh-huh. that just you know i want to carry into my life that's that's you know kind of a perfect segue into my number 10 movie was naked gun files from the police squad uh it kind of popped into my head not only because it's it's my in my top three favorite comedies of all time but because when COVID started, I was joking with one of my buddies, and we were actually having making a joke about a a, a hooker, and and I go I go oh man I go this is gonna be tough I go masks you know I don't know what kind of masks are gonna be good I think this is when everybody was like scrambling for N95s in the beginning you know yeah. so I go I don't know how I'm gonna get one of these masks so. I went on on Google and I pulled up the picture of uh of <laughs> Frank F- Frank Drebin and uh yes and uh now I can't think of her name uh Priscilla Presley yeah. in, in the in the full size body condoms. Uh-huh. I, I go I go I bet you uh prostitutes are going to I'm sorry sex workers are going to be given this out now and and it's been stuck <laughs> in my head since covid started and then I actually got to watch Airplane twice. 
and Naked Gun once since COVID. So it just it was a perfect cap to the to the list for me because it's this one. Yeah, uh, this I this one almost I almost put this one up there, and I'm glad you did. I mean, it's one of my favorite comedies as well. I actually like this better than Airplane. I think it is so hilarious. I love the Naked Gun. I like the sequels too, but the first one is just so damn funny. Leslie Nielsen is so great, and Ricardo Montalban is great. I mean, even OJ is pretty damn funny, which is hard to laugh at him, but now, but it's such a great, awesome movie. It's uh, it's so so good, and it was eighty eight, and that was like my you know, I guess turning well, into a, like a tween type era and and it was like everything was just so funny and then as I'm get I got into be a teen I got more stuff that and it became funnier and then I realized all the other shit that I missed as I was growing up and well, it's, it's, yeah it's one of those awesome movies that when you see cuz oh my we, god we're about a year apart where we're about the same age when this movie came out so there's a lot of silly slapstick stuff that's funny oh my when god you're here in the, you hearing the word beaver was the funniest shit ever. Yeah. Oh my that, god, he said beaver. Ah. But then then there's like jokes where like there's a joke where they're walking out of platoon and laughing their asses off. I didn't get that joke until I saw it as an adult and I'm like, holy shit, that's hilarious. I didn't get that when I was ten, but I got it when I was twenty. Uh it's, well, it, yeah, it's stuff you catch all the time. It's such a great movie. When when, when you hear him like you see his feet walking down the sidewalk and he's like talking about all the different scenarios going on and and every two steps is is a different like setting he, uh-huh. and he winds up like you see chickens and shit and and then he's like I wonder if Nordberg was going to kill the queen I was wondering uh I mean I was wondering if Ludwig was going to kill the queen I was wondering if Nordberg would wake, would wake up and where the hell was I like just shit, <laughs> shit like that man I just yes oh that's the stuff that stuck with me you know and then in the beginning you have the 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 scene and he's like Everything I see makes me th- think of her. You see the big, the big, uh, the mills that look like giant boobs, you know. And like as a as a as a teenager, that shit's fucking outstanding. And you know, up- coming off the airplane and uh, and his buddy is like, "No, they're not. They're not here for you." Weird Al Yankovic is on the plane, <laughs> yeah. and just you know, just stuff that's so silly. And oh, I just I love the gun. I also just watched this recently too. It's it's either on Netflix or Amazon, one of the two, because I watched it one night when I, the movie I couldn't sleep. I'm like, oh, I'll throw this on. I've seen it a million times. I'll fall asleep. I ended up watching the whole damn thing because it's so damn funny. Yeah, I mean, the scene at the dock when, when he's trying to get the information from the guy, and he's like, how about 20? How about 40? And he's like, I don't know. And he's giving it back. All right, it's for 20. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you for 20. And, and they're exchanging money back and forth. Ah, oh, that shit's just... It's just so funny. It was so like unique to to the time. Like it was around mm-hmm. hot, hot shots, and it started to get like a little bit back to slapstick. Yeah. Uh, so it was. It was yep. a, Good, great. That's a great choice. Yeah, I had fun with these lists. Um, yes, it was so definitely a, a cool way to spend some time each day during the ten, mm-hmm. 10 days of COVID. Yeah, and and giving other people a good. I surprisingly had a lot more. I had a lot more people. I think they were afraid of being nominated, so they just texted me privately instead of commenting on the Facebook post. But a lot of I think a lot of people actually enjoyed it. I had a good time thinking about good movies. 
Definitely, and it, and it's given me something to watch. And I know you have an honorable mention, but I called. Uh, you don't need to go through all that. That's... I, I put an asterisk and said <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a Barry Bonds hocus pocus move. You get an asterisk on that, so no, <laughs> we're not doing that one. But uh, yeah, they are they are good movies, and I'm I'm probably gonna now revisit some of them because I've forgotten about a couple of them. Um, but yeah, the one I would say people should check out if they haven't ever seen it is Sneakers. Oh, look at you! You look at you, Sneakers, ever. and you snuck yep. in a fucking honorable mention. I had to. I couldn't help it. And it was Sneakers. Look at the pun. Oh, yeah, you, I know exactly. That you was, said we were setting the bar high for fun, so I had to. We had to go out on one. That was well played, sir. <laughs> sneakers is great. That's a, that's a good tech movie. I think that kind of still holds up. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, they don't have current cell phones and stuff, but it still it still holds up quite a bit, especially in the information age we're in now. It predicted a lot of things, I think. Yeah, like, you know, I still like, um, what is it, Behind Enemy Lines with Gene Hackman and, not Behind Enemy Lines, uh, what's, what's Gene Hackman and Will Smith. Enemy yep. of the State, Enemy of the State. And a lot of that technology was the primitive days of cell phones, but... Yep. It, 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 if you just kind of use your imagination a little bit and tweak it, it's still really prevalent, like technology-wise. So, like yeah. some of these movies are just still so close to the to you know not falling off. But there's some great movies that like that, but the technology was just at the wrong shift, and they just you can't watch them now. It just makes yeah. no sense. Like it's, that, that would be a good double feature, Sneakers and Enemy of the State. I hadn't thought of that, but they're, they are kind of similar movies. I mean, Enemy of the State's much more action-y and Will Smith-y, but... Yeah, but you, you strip that down, and all the Gene yeah. Hackman stuff is like Sneakers. Oh, yeah, and Gene Hackman is so great. Oh, yeah, that's another great movie. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't... I, I got us off track a little bit at the end, but I couldn't help it. No, nah, it's cool. Good movies are good movies, <laughs> and, and hopefully that, you know, this is something that... People are like, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna go check that out because I, you know, I forgot about that." And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times everybody's like, "Oh, I can't wait to see the new movie, the new movie, the new movie." But all these movies, I, I mean, at least from my standpoint, both of our lists, um, other than having not seen "Live and Let Die" or "Spinal Tap," which I'm gonna get to. Spinal Tap, you have to see. Live and Let Die, I'll let you off the hook on that one, but Spinal Tap, you have to see. But both of the of our lists, I feel like I could go watch any of them at any time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I guess it helps, you know, being uh, from the same era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having a pretty close in age, it does make make our picks line up a little bit better. Yeah, man. Well, this was fun. I hope uh, we do this again. Maybe we'll, yes. uh, you know, have to do for sure. Do something with Gina, have a little uh, little tech tech reunion. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm glad we got to to talk about these topics and then end it not so gloomy and doomy and talk yeah. about some cool movies. And uh, I said end a few times. I probably said like about 750 times. And you know, this is how I do it. I want to. I'm sure. I'm sure, half of the podcast will be me laughing. So. That's okay. <laughs> That's what it was about, man. We wanted to have fun. We want to have a conversation, and hopefully, people enjoyed it as much as we did. Because I enjoyed this conversation with you, buddy. Yes, this was fun. All right, thanks for coming on. This is another week. I mean, another week. Wow, look at me and plugging podcasts. I don't. I haven't even done anymore. You don't remember which way is up. Anymore. Yeah, this yeah. is inside DJ's DVR. 
daily DVR takeover, COVID special, movie lists, extravaganza, the longest title podcast of the century. This is like longer than Daenerys' name. So, Andy, thanks again. Anything you want to say before we close it out? Uh, I don't think so. hope everybody enjoys all of our rambling here. It was a lot of fun. And we will have to do this again in the very near future. Yes. Wear your masks. Keep your six feet. Do your thing. And stay safe, everybody. Peace. Peace.